Heartfelt Radio. My name's Mark. I'm Gabe. And we want to welcome back to Heartfelt Radio our friend Pastor Tom Repke from Linden Road Presbyterian. Thomas, good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Good morning, Pastor. So good to see you all. You hey, too. it's great to have you back. It's good to be back for Bible study. There we go. And a very interesting passage today that I'm sure some of our listeners are going to have to work kind of hard to find. Yes, well, <laughs> go to the end of the Old Testament. Yeah, and, and it's the fourth book back. So okay, go go left. Habakkuk, Habakkuk is the name of the book. If uh, you're Alistair Begg, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, Habakkuk. Yeah, could be that too. So, uh, where are we going in this book? Very short, only three chapters. It is. Yeah, and I would in, I would encourage people after today to just read through it because it's interesting. You know, we're, we're going to read this amazing closing prayer that uh, Habakkuk or Habakkuk has for us, but we got to. Well, eventually, we need to go back to the, where it starts because this story begins in probably the darkest place in Israel's history. Mm. 600 years before Jesus, they are, it's really a mess. And Babylon is getting ready to come in. God is going to send Babylon in to, to bring judgment on Israel. Mm. And so it's just interesting that Habakkuk or Habakkuk asks a couple questions in the first two chapters where he's questioning God, which like, is that a good thing to do? <laughs> Mm, not so much, but people well, do it. It's, yeah. We yeah. have permission to do it, but it may not, yeah. yeah, yeah. It may not, not the be the best idea. idea. So <laughs> it's it's really important for us to see, especially coming, you know, as we lean into this new season for all of us, of just where are we going? Uh, and it's to see that there's a faithfulness, if you will, that um, the prophet has for us. To see that, you know, and it's pretty pretty stark what he, what he talks about because... Uh, and let, let's, let's go ahead and read that, if you will. So. Okay, Gabe, you have the uh, King James? Yes. All right, let's do it. All right, Habakkuk three seventeen through 19. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hind's feet, and he will make me walk, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places, to the chief singers on my stringed instruments. Hmm. That's a song. It's a song. Yeah. Yeah, all that lament in verse 17 is a song. Right. And it's Wouldn't act- you like to know what it sounded like? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's interesting. So one of the backstories on this, and I, I really couldn't find where it came from other than it's out there that is being attributed to, apparently Benjamin Franklin, Dr. Franklin, was in, was in France, and he was sitting in a conversation with a number of atheists. Hmm. And even though we don't know a lot about Franklin's faith, I mean, we, he's not one of the, the champions we think of our, our Christian heritage, he yet was intrigued by Christianity uh, don't know his heart, so I won't you know go there. But just he he wanted to engage them, so he reads this as a poet poem to them uh, in mm-hmm. a conversation, and they were all just enraptured and captured by the beauty of of this language, and so that's why I had us read it out of the King James 
because that's probably what they would have heard mm-hmm. in this poetry. And so these atheists said, where did you find that? It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, my friends, uh, if you would look in the scriptures, that book that you don't read, you'll see that this is about uh, the God of uh, the Old Testament. Um, and just a real beautiful uh, place there. Mm. So... So we've talked about kind of the background of this passage, and it's kind of hard to consider because, well, one of the things, you know, I've been reading the Old Testament this year, and one of the things, Tom, that I just keep asking about all of these prophets is, how did they survive? Right. Giving this news that all of them were tasked to give to ears that did not want to hear it. Right. Well, even if you back up to first, the first chapter, yeah. ch- chapter verse one, it starts out, it's Habakkuk's complaint. <laughs> right. He starts right. out, how long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Okay. Mm. I mean, and how many of us in our life circumstances have, you know, those are real words. And especially in this last season, we've just going, okay, God, it's just help me understand there's a lot of injustice in the world. It's messy. It's incomplete. I really don't see where you're showing up. And then right. if, as you read through this, and it gets even more complicated because uh, God says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send the Babylonians in to bring judgment on your people. Yeah. I, you know, and yeah. it's like, and we know what that looks like. I mean, it, that was complicated and it was a mess and, you know, God's people are in the wilderness, you know, and it's like, and the good thing for that for me is that, you know, I, I've been in the wilderness, you know, in, in, our, in our, my own faith journey. And I think when we look at scripture to push back into the Old Testament, you know, the beauty of what God writes there for us through these prophets, you know, it's a real time, it's real messy. We think our, our lives are new and unique now, but no, you know, mm. the human plight has been what it's been for, for millennia. And Gabe and I are nodding our heads because what you say is the wilderness, we call the hallway. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and we have spent significant time in the hallway. Right. And this, what's interesting about this, and uh, which I was have been reading in my Old Testament reading over and over and over again, is that, yes, God in several times, in several ways, on several occasions, had to address the sin of his people. Right. And he addressed it, sometimes more harshly than others. But he always reached for them. Right. He always gave them the escape route. He said, if you will do this, then I will dot, dot, dot. Right. Yeah. So and it's interesting here, too. I mean, one of uh, Habakkuk's or Habakkuk's, uh, one of his pals, compatriots at the same time as Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. And so when you read through Jeremiah uh, and Lamentations, you know, you, you get a real sense, that, you know, the weeping prophet, he's you know, weeping for Israel and where they find themselves in rebellion against God and the divided kingdom and all those things. And it's just, it's just really a mess. And so it's interesting that, you know, Jeremiah is making all these external pleas, if you will. Uh, but, but Habakkuk is actually, it's a more personal, more intimate. It's like, God, where are you in the silence? Mm-hmm. You know, really asking this heartfelt question about where are you in the midst of this mess? Um, and so he's praying and he's praying and he's praying and there's no answer. I mean, that's chapters one and two. He's looking yeah. for God to, to sort of give him. And we don't know how much time all of that consumed. Right. You know, he may have been praying for years. Right. And yet there was no answer. Right. 
And so, you know, wow. one, of the, one of the takeaways, I think, for, for us as we look at this, and again, we have to go back to the beginning of what he's written to get to the verses that he ends up with, is that, you know, that God's ways are higher than our ways. Mm-hmm. You know, that God's economy is, is higher than our economy in terms of how we see things. I mean, I, I'm always saying how I love to, you know, encourage our, my folks at the church to, you know, take the 30,000-foot view. You know, we're in the middle of the mess. We can't see it. But, you know, take her the higher view and see how on the timeline of Scripture or in your own or the timeline of your, your own life, how God has shown up and how things that putting you in the hallway and de- dealing with those difficult moments has actually shaped you and prepared you for the dream to come, which reminds me, you know, of the, the quote from from C.S. Lewis. God takes us through one difficulty that prepares us for the next difficulty yeah. that, that is going to be harder and yet better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing we need to see. And so that's why reading the Old Testament, uh, we need to lean into it because there's this beauty in that because of the historical understanding of what's going on here and how God showed up. And which means he's going to show up again, right? Because he's mm-hmm. not done. Exactly. Right. And yeah. that's the hope. That's the hope. So it sounds like in, in chapter one and two, he's got questions. Um, you know, I have my study Bible here because right. it... Uh, it's kind of a student Bible, and I'm always a student. We all you are. Know, uh-huh. <laughs> and basically, so the first two chapters, which, you're, which you've kind of laid down for us, is they're saying, you know, he's saying why this, these things are going on. And then once we get to chapter 3, verse, se- verse 17 through 19, it, I take that as this is the decision yes. that he's decided to make. Right. And what's happened? I mean, what's happened is he's moved in his own mind of understanding, because the truth is, is you read through it, and again, it's a short book to read through mm-hmm. in the middle of one and two he gets to a place where he goes from being really perplexed and asking god questions mm-hmm. to really being complexed he's like i really don't get this god i don't mm-hmm. understand how you're going to allow these babylonians to come in and bring judgment on your people how is that fair where is the justice in that and god's mm-hmm. like no you know I, my people are a chosen people i've called them to be a particular people to be doing particular things and they've not done that mm-hmm. and they've forgotten me and so he, he gives this amazing prayer then uh, that ends up with these three verses at the end. Mm-hmm. It just is such an encouraging thing. And it reminds us of who God is. So, again, another amazing quote from C.S. Lewis in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. There's a moment where uh, uh, Lucy or Susan is at the table with the beavers and asking them, well, this Aslan, you know, who is he? He's, you know, he's a lion. Is he, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver laughs and he says, of course he's not safe, <laughs> you know, and, and we know that Aslan is the Christ figure, is Jesus Christ. Of course he's not safe, mm. but he's good, mm-hmm. right? And, and the idea wow. of what Habakkuk wants us to see is the same thing, is that even in the midst of our messiness, uh, you know, whether it's, and he goes into, I mean, when you look at the things he's talking about specifically, I mean, it's about their livelihood. It's about their economy. I mean, and he's not saying it's go- it might happen. He's no, he's, it shall happen, yeah. right? Yeah. Pastor Tom Repke is here, and it's our Wednesday morning Bible study, Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17, 18, and 19. We'll be right back to it after we hear from Andre and the forecast for today and beyond coming right up. At TWR. My name's Mark. I'm Gabe. And Pastor Tom is here once again. Good morning. morning, Pastor Pastor. Tom Repke from Linden Road Presbyterian. And uh, we are studying this morning a very interesting passage uh, out of the book of Habakkuk, verses 17 through 19. 
in chapter three, because this book is a hard book. It is. It is a book that is uh, Habakkuk praying about pending disaster and exile. Right. And it's not going to change. No, and we know that to be true, right? I mean, this is history. It is history. Yeah. They were exiled. Right. 70 to Babylon. Years. Yeah. yeah. What a mess. So, uh, well, let's read the passage again, and I'm going to take it with the New Living Translation, because it is poetry. Uh, so we'll go with it, because it, you get another kind of flavor of the poetry when we use the NLT. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails, and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields, and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Yet I will rejoice. Yes. So it's interesting if you hit the just back up to chapter two when God answers Habakkuk for his second question. There's a beautiful verse there in the second half of chapter or verse four. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So you can see that God's speaking back to Habakkuk, and there's this sort of progression where Habakkuk is working through. And I think I think it's okay, like you said, Mark, that it's okay to ask questions. And even when we look at the Psalms, David is filled with, you know, I think the majority of his Psalms are really where he's like, God, I don't get what's going on. Right. And yet the beauty of that for our own story is, is exactly that, is that sometimes we lean into the season, whatever it may be. Uh, and for all of us, the season we, we're still trying to come out of is like, how do we find margin and how do we find direction? And yet to be reminded that it's the faithfulness of the righteous. Yeah, verse 17 reminds me of kind of now what we're going through right. in the world. Yeah. Think of Shortages on everything. Supply chain, yeah. Yeah, just um, basically there's just a lot of things falling flat. Right, and you walk through this, I mean, the fig tree, the figs at that time, that was a delicacy, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. so they right. they're not happening. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the there's no wheat, which means there's, you know, there's no bread. There's no fruit on the vines. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. complicated. Um, and so their economy is busted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a lot of similarities, I think, Gabe, in terms of understanding where we are. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why pushing into the God's word to say, okay, I don't understand what's going on, but okay, God has led us through this a number of times. And you know, to pay attention to it, to see how did he show up. And so we see here with the, the prophet's story is that he, he moves to the chat and finally he gets to to chapter three and he's like he's done with the questions mm-hmm. and he's just waiting on god and mm-hmm. he's moved he's moved nothing's changed judgment is still coming right right exile is still very much a reality and yet his understanding of that is like okay god you're i'm going to be faithful to what you've called me to be a part of even though i know everything's a mess i'm going to find and then it's interesting as he, you unpack this the last uh, couple uh, chapter verses here he pulls out all of God's names in Hebrew. Well, not, but the idea of the big names. So Yahweh, which is the, the, the most personal name of God. But mm-hmm. then also the idea of Adonai is there in the Greek, which talks about um, just how great he is. And he sort of. Okay. So in verses, we're saying verses 18 and 19. Yes. Uh, Lord and God are referred to in 18 
God the Lord in 19. So each of those is a different name. Right. To just to really cement in their mind. Oh. And so even the word Elohim is in there, which talks about God's majesty. And, and so right. he, he's getting a mindset that, okay, I don't understand what's going on, uh, but, but it's this reminder. Uh, Louis Giglio has a, a message that's pretty powerful about, how, and even a book that's like, uh, you, uh, I am, you are not. Mm. <laughs> to remind that, you know, that when, when, you know, God shows up, we're reminded that he is the great I am. And if he is, I am not. And yet, yes. yeah, the faithfulness we find in who he is in our place and our being. And I think, the thread through most of our conversations when we look at this, uh, the scriptures is this idea that, you know, where are we at in our intimacy with God? It always comes back to that. That simple, mm-hmm. you know, are you walking faithfully with him? Because the world's going to do what it's going to do. And mm-hmm. the chaos is there because it's, it's because we're living in a world of sin. Yeah, it's not getting better. No, and it hasn't. I mean, the truth is, since the garden, we've been trying to figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's complicated. And yet to know that God is faithful even when he sends you know, the Babylonians in to bring judgment because he's trying to grow us up into, you know, be more mature. You know, that's really what all of this is about, you know? And so even the things we go through in the hallway, it's like, okay, what are you learning in those moments? You know, what did you learn? Mm-hmm. You know, how is God, you know, maturing you in the process? We don't like it, right? None of us do, but it's, it's what sharpens us and mm-hmm. makes us better for the next task that he calls us to. Yeah. You know, my life application Bible is for students. It's, um, in this area, and this is why I love this, because it kind of breaks it down like you're doing. Um, it's kind of like having a pastor there to tell you what's going on. But um, this, the verse is 17 through 19. What it basically boils it down to is it says, take your eyes off your difficulties and put them on God. Right. And that's why the, we miss it because of our English language. But to know the Hebrew words, you know, to know that they're there. And so some, most of the time when you look at a translation and you see the word Lord, that, that's, that's really referring to, especially in the Old Testament, is this most personal name of God, mm-hmm. where they wouldn't even write it out, you know, Yahweh. They, they would not even, they would use the, the, the four, you know, Y-H-W-H, mm-hmm. just as a way because it was that personal that they just didn't want to step into it mm-hmm. uh, right. because they didn't want to be offensive. And I think that's part of our journey, too, is this idea of holiness that we're, we're missing out on and just what God's trying to do with us as a people, right? You used a phrase just a second ago, and I don't know why it did it, but it tripped a little memory bank. You, you mentioned, you know, that Habakkuk is, has now changed right. from chapter 1 to chapter 3. He's changed, even though the situation has not changed. Right. He has changed. And you reference the fact that we're in this world of sin. Right. And you trip the memory bank to the third verse of O Little Town of Bethlehem. Okay. Because it's a reminder that we're kind of in the same situation. Mm -hmm. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Mm. There was a change in Habakkuk. Right. From chapter 1 to chapter 3 that only God can make. Right, and it's a confidence, right? I mean, yeah. he, he has a strong faith, you know, and I, I always go back to that great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, you know, is that, you know, do we see him, sh- how he shows up? And, and you know, 
it just the beauty of what that means for us. And we need to remind each other of that. So, you know, even leaning into a conversation one more time about scripture is why it's important for us to be in the word and mm-hmm. to hear him speak to us in a clear way, because every day we're like, okay, God, you know, how are you going to show up in this? You know, and you fill into this, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Whatever own, it might be. Right. Right. Well, that, that change you're talking about, like I said, I, it, it was a decision to stop worrying about all those things in chapter 17 that he can do nothing about. That was a conscious decision, like you said, after complaining and, and asking questions for the first two chapters. Uh, it's a decision that I will rejoice in the Lord and that I will put my, you know, lean on him. He is my strength. Right. So that the change, you, you you need to make a decision to make that change. Right. That is such a great point, Gabe, because Habakkuk could have only reached the change that happened between the first two and the last chapter of this book mm-hmm. if the Holy Spirit had been involved. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's there's no other human reason for him to just stop lamenting and lay on the floor and pound his fist in his feet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because well, God wasn't an- he could have stayed in Habakkuk chapter one right. where God wasn't answering. Right. And look at the confidence he has. I mean, verse eighteen yeah. yet, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of the but okay, right. I know all this to be true. The world is a mess mm-hmm. yet. What mm-hmm. am I what is my response? I will rejoice in the Lord. Mm. I will I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. And then he says what? And you know, that what's connected to that. He will make my feet like hind's feet. You know, when we see how a deer runs, right? Right. The, the, the hind feet of a deer is just, it's what propels them, mm-hmm. right? As they jump across the road in front of us right now this <laughs> season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what does that mean? And then he says, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places. So not only is there trust in that verse 18 and the first part of verse 19, but there's also practical application. There is. He's going to provide the strength I need. Right. And so we go back to the simple idea to begin with is that God's ways are higher than our ways. Right. And so when we think about whatever our circumstance is, you know, whether it's global pandemic, you know, walking through that or whether it's our own personal dilemma of just the messiness of choices that I've made, a you know, broken relationship, you know, struggling to raising our, my children, right? Whatever it might be, wherever you are this morning, mm-hmm. as you think about that is that we need to see that. We really need to have a view that God's in charge and, and he's doing his purposes and he will accomplish it. And that's even what he says to the prophet. It's like, look, I'm bringing Babylon in to punish Israel, but don't worry, I'm going to publish Babylon too. Oh, sure. Because <laughs> yeah. we know the rest of that story, right? Right. So, it, What's interesting here too is as I was reading the Old Testament and I'm, I'm down to the last book, probably today or tomorrow, I'll finish. But all through the minor prophets, there's one thing that I've kept writing in my notebook time after time after time. God saying, I will, dot, dot, dot. Whatever it is, right. whatever, whether it's punishment or whether he's bringing great joy to, back to his people, mm-hmm. he keeps making promises all through whether Israel is suffering and whether he's about to punish them or whether he's about to restore their joy. I will. Right. Which is a great reminder that the flip side of that is we can't. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 
And again, go back to that quote from uh, from you know, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's just this idea that we don't understand God's purposes. We can't see what he sees, right? And right. so the, the the idea that the Aslan is the, is the great savior of, of Narnia, right, is Jesus. But, you know, the fact that he's not safe. <laughs> yeah. And even in The Horse and the Boy, it, it, it's, you know, he shows up, Aslan shows up many times and... Um, the main character is trying to figure out, well, I mean, all those times I saw was really, was really you, God? I mean, that's really the takeaway. It's like, yeah, yeah in different ways where he right. sharpens and he, you know, disciplines and he encourages and he defends. I mean, there's all these various understandings that, you know, God wants us to see about himself. And I think it's in that silence that finally Habakkuk finally moves to this idea, okay, all I know is that your presence, God, is a better blessing than anything that's going to come from earth. Mm-hmm. And so my intimacy, my time with you, uh, how important those, you know, those moments in the, as you begin the day uh, are for you to lean into what God would have you understand about yourself and your circumstance. I'm glad you picked these scriptures for this time, just because we're kind of getting the, we're still in the pandemic, but we're getting the, as I call it, domino effect a lot of times of it. And this is, you know, starting at verse 17, all these Terrible things are happening, almost famine and no food and no animals, no fruit. And it just, you know, just like Mark was saying, when God was saying, I will, Habakkuk is saying, I will rejoice no matter what's happening. And we kind of need to live like that now, every day, something new, every day where we're losing something. Right. Um, places are closing. Uh, yesterday, Mark was talking about how ch- the church that he passes by is not right. there anymore. Right. There are so many things happening, yet we still need to wake up every morning, no matter how bad it gets, and say, "Yet I will rejoice in the Lord." Well, even this morning, I've coming up I, just before I got it. The your folks, your friends at the Remarkable Diner. Oh yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> they, they posted they were going to be closed, okay, because of just you know staffing shortage. But it was oh. beautiful because their response back was. Because here's where I think, you know, if you have a faith perspective, you offer some encouragement back. And that's what happened. It's like, I know, you know, the, the owner's like, we're working through this messiness. But then they say, we're so grateful that you all are just showing us some grace in this. Because mm. we're trying to figure this thing out, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's in that moment. And so, again, if we have this higher view that, you know, God's ways are higher than our ways, uh, that we don't understand what he's doing. And it's like, I just, you know, I'd like to wake up tomorrow morning with it all being gone, right? And we lean into whatever sure. the, the, the past was. That but, would be our choice. Yeah, but yeah. It, that's not it. Mm-hmm. And the question is, okay, God, I, and I'm excited to see what, what are you going to do next? Because we live in this amazing season right now to, to see how the church and God's people are going to respond mm-hmm. in, a, in a crazy season that we're still trying to understand. And there's a beauty in that. Pastor Tom Repke with us this morning for Bible study. As we always like to, Pastor Tom, pray us into this Wednesday. Yeah, but Father, we are grateful. Uh, we just have consecrated this time because of what you, your word has offered to us. And so this morning, as we uh, just go off to whatever task you have for us, may we sense that kind of confidence that Habakkuk had. May it sort of overwhelm us in a way to know that even in the messiness that you're in charge. And so we thank you for the promise of, of strength that comes to you, Jesus, your, the, the power that comes to you as you sit at the right hand of the Father. And it's through your Holy Spirit that we lean into the day and just want to be faithful and not miss what you'll do. And so help us to love each other in ways that are just beyond means. And so we just thank you for that and we pray it in your strong name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Tom. My pleasure. Now, I don't know if you noticed, Gabe, but Pastor Tom came bearing gifts this morning. 
He did. Oh, he yeah. He did. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about the coffee cake ministry, but it is yeah. closed today. Yes, <laughs> it is closed. And I was thinking, he doesn't have any coffee cake, no, but no. he has something better. I do. And we have something for you today. Uh, and we'll tell you what callers are going to win this after Tom explains what he has brought. So there's a book that I've used over the years called The One Minute Bible, and it's uh, edited by my friend Doug Fields, who uh, wrote the book on youth ministry, and Doug is just an amazing man. Um, uh, pastors uh, now at Mariner's Church at, for the junior high ministry. It's like, that's just crazy uh, fun. But it, this book is just a great way of putting scripture in, 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 in the hands of our, our young people. And so it's basically a, a short scripture writing uh, and then some reflection on, on that and then a place for a student to journal. And it's uh, for 365 days, and it's just a way for our young people to. But I also had a couple of my adults take it on Sunday. So. Oh, they did. did uh, they? I have every intention of getting one. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, it, Doug, so it's not a, a Genesis to Revelation no, Bible. No, it's a devotional Bible. Devotional. Yeah. So each day has its own thought, and then in, as he's got somebody. It, you know, that says, in other words, what, what are you thinking, you know, and trying to pull out the passage. And then there's a place for, for people to, uh, for a student or an adult. Yes. <laughs> to right. journal and, and think through, what does this really mean for me in this moment? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we not only have one, we have two. We do. To give away. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make this a sprint. Uh-oh. Because we want to get them in your hands as fast as we can. Caller number one and caller number two at 330 330- Eight four eight nine zero nine zero are going to get a copy of the One Minute Bible. Three three zero eight four eight nine zero nine zero seven thirty eight. Tom, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Blessings. Okay, Gabe's still on the phone, Pastor Tom, but uh, we lit up all four lines really fast. Isn't that well, encouraging? It is very encouraging. So we've got two winners. We'll tell you about them in just a couple of minutes. It's 742, and yeah, we've got our winners for the One Minute Bible, so thank you for all the calls. Gabriel, we took care of the two winners of those Bibles really fast. The phone lines (laughs) lit up. That's got to be encouraging, Pastor It is. They did light up, and they didn't stop for a while. And I'll tell you what, it pays to know this number by heart. (laughs) That's right, it does. So who are our winners? Um... Well, our first winner was Joanne, who said she's 75 and she wants the book. <laughs> I said, Joanne, she's a student. Me too. Yep. She said, I'm still a student. She's I said, student. me too. Yes, that's right. Um, Joanne from Akron. And then the second winner was Jimmy from Bedford. And they both are very excited and, and grateful to you, Pastor. That's great. Well, I'm grateful to Doug Fields. I mean, the cool thing is about this book, real quick here, is he's, his daughter, Cassie, runs a ministry in Kenya. And she's rescuing mm. street kids off, off the street. Mm. And so all the proceeds from this book, you can buy the book on Amazon, but you can also find it at DougFields.com. And if you buy it off the DougFields.com, all the proceeds Doug is pushing back into his daughter's ministry. Mm. And I wow. had a chance to sit with Cassie. I mean, you and I both have been to Kenya and yeah. it broke our hearts, right? Yep. Amazing people. And, In the best way possible. Right. And she's intentionally, yeah. Cassie is intentionally reaching out to those kids that are missed out of the normal programming. So they're going mm. after young adults that just need to find someone to love them. And so I just think it's cool that, you know, it's not just a book, but there's actually, there's a larger purpose to it. Dougfields.com. Yep. All right. Awesome. So how about Christmas week? The 22nd. Okay. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what we'll do a Bible study on I don't know. during Christmas week. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, so, yeah, and bring a couple more one-minute we'll Bibles, that. and we'll My see pleasure. if we can get them in people's hands. Yes. That's really fun. Well, you know, and you have to say, too, you know, today, version just hit over five, half a billion installs, which huh. I just think is an incredible milestone on this, oh, yeah. this app that we use in the church. I love my people have, you can share a Bible plan. Andre uses it. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. And so it's just such a beautiful way that in this season, okay, we just need to remind ourselves, get in the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God's it looks, word. looks like people are doing that. Huh? Right, it is. We may have a couple more one-minute Bibles to give away in December. Also in December, we're going to be giving away Alistair Begg's new devotional. Nice. Uh, so yes, we're going to try to figure out as many ways as we can to get people in the Word. That's great. In it, it, will transform, it will transform our culture. Amen. I mean, that's Pastor Tom, thanks again. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Always Blessings. good to have you. Always good to be here. As usual, Bible study was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now... There's more. There's more. There's more. Coming up in the next hour, at the bottom of the next hour. Yeah, we'll get a little at, bit of that yep, in. Yep, and then we'll be ready at 8.30 for you more know, Bible study. Little Pastor Tom, little Michael Card. That's a good combination oh, yeah, to get you going on the Wednesday. that's not bad at all. Exactly. I'll take both of those. <laughs> so that's coming up starting at about 8.30. Uh, as uh, Cliff Barrows used to say in the Billy Graham broadcast, phone a friend and let them know. <laughs>